0: Give us
1: understanding of oh God, yes. revelation of oh God, yes. that we might know You, O oh God, and walk with You. We leave, Lord, this place, Lord, never the same. God, we just thank You for it. Yes. In Jesus' name.
2: Hooray! Right.
0: stand to your feet and just worship me one more time here before we get to the word. I'm glad tonight that the King of Kings is soon to return. Amen. In a world of trouble, in a world of high gas prices, <laughs> Come on, in a world of just darkness, that's what we right. have. Amen. The King is coming. That's right. I'm Amen. thankful here tonight. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Just sing it with me. Amen. The key is coming The
2: key is coming I just heard the trumpet sound
0: Your hands tonight, worship him. See the coming day. Oh, Jesus. bless you,
2: my Jesus. oh Lord, you want to find so faith in heart in God. Jesus. The Lord, God bless
0: Jesus oh the we thank you, Jesus. bless you, Lord. We you here Give us ears to eyes
1: to see,
0: Been through a lot. But Jesus is still faithful, brother. That's right, out. Amen. I tell you, he was uh, sharing with me about their work over in China. And I tell you, I was just loving it, uh, getting the word of God out to those people that some of them never heard the name of, Je- or I'm sure they maybe they've heard the name of Jesus, but they don't. They never received a Bible before, you know, Muslims and. Amen. Thank God for that. Amen. Then read through the Book of Job. but God is faithful. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Turn with me to the book of Luke tonight. Luke chapter, we're going to read verse, uh, first of all, Luke chapter 12. We're going to read two verses there, and we're going to go over to Matthew chapter 25. Luke 12 and verse 35 here tonight. The Bible says, let your loins be girded about. Amen. No pants sagging in the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen. And your light's burning. Now skip down to verse 40. Be ye therefore ready also, for the Son of Man cometh at an hour, when ye think not. When ye think not. Turn over to Matthew 25. Starting in verse 1. Behold, the bridegroom cometh, go ye out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, Not so, lest there be not enough for us in you. But go ye rather to them that sell, and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came. And they that were ready went in with him to the marriage. And the door was shut. Afterward came also the other virgin, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know ye not. Watch therefore, for ye know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. Amen. Pray with me tonight. Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord. God, we need you, God. Yes, yes, we desperately God. need you, Lord God. And I pray, God, tonight that you would quicken that reality to our hearts, God, that you are coming soon, Lord God, and you're not coming back Lord, for a church that's tattered, that's oh God, that has spot and wrinkle and blemish, oh God, that's caught up in the things of this world, God, But you're coming back for a holy people, God, yes. that have been separated, oh God, unto you, Lord. And God, I pray tonight, Lord God, That we would separate ourselves unto you, Lord God. We would be ready, God, for the soon coming of the Lord. Oh, God, help us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, I simply entitled this message tonight, The Countdown to Eternity. The Countdown to Eternity. Sober and thought. Amen. But I believe the Holy Ghost wants to remind us tonight that Jesus is soon to return. Amen. Amen. Like I mentioned earlier, amen. In in a world of trouble, and we can look around us. We don't have to, um, you know, imagine what it would be like to live in the last days. We're living in the last days. Amen. I was shocked today when I saw the gas prices over here. They just went up twenty six cents overnight. Amen. That's, but you know, I don't have to look at that. That's not what I'm looking at, anyways. You know, to know that we're living in the last days. Amen. I'm not looking at well, Putin's invading Ukraine. There's. It's, it's all connected to Israel somehow, and you know, he's going to go down there to Israel. You know, it's, it's got to be judged. You know, I'm not all caught up in that. You don't have to be.
1: That's
0: right. All you have to do is be in tune with the Holy Ghost and hear what the Holy Ghost is saying to you personally. That it's time to press in. It's time to arise and wake up, Amen. And have the oil for your lamps that your lamps might be burning bright in a world of darkness.
2: Amen. Amen.
0: Amen. You have an internal clock. And he's called the Holy Ghost. And he's seeking to prepare his church. Amen. You know, it's, like I said, you can look around in the natural. But, you know, really, a more telling side is the spiritual realm. The spiritual realm. All you have to do is look at, look at what calls itself the church. You know, I, I recently here was looking at some, just, you know, we preach at the contemporary, you know, Christian music concerts, and, you know, that's, that stuff's wicked and vile and evil, but, you know, sometimes, it, you know, I don't listen to that junk, you know, I don't, I'm not partaking in that, you know, so I, I'm not as aware of what's taking place, but uh, Brother Mike showed me an awful, terrible video that I would not recommend you watch or listen to or whatever, and it was horrible, uh, A so-called lesbian Chris- Christian. Who's uh, you know promoting all this so-called Christian music at all? It's the spirit of Antichrist. Yeah, right. But it got me curious, so I started looking around a little bit, and uh, just looking at you know the, the number one song. You know what the number one song for the last 160 weeks has been, at least on one chart? Lauren Daigle's "You Say," which is one of the most wicked, that's vile, evil Antichrist songs I've ever heard. That's right? Right. It's wicked. Yeah. Right. And you know they were playing it at the Sodomite thing preach out there. I was preaching they came by and they were playing. It's uh, totally just a bunch of you know, gibberish. It's not scripture. It's not, you know, heathen. It's a, there's a reason it's 160 weeks, number That's one. Exactly, song. Right. But I was looking at some of the other stuff and just watching some of these live performances in these churches and what calls itself worship. Amen. They're worshiping something, but they're worshiping another Jesus, That's right, another God. spirit. Amen. And they're being set up. They're being primed the spirit of antichrist that's what it is that's right that's i'm watching them and it's it's no different than a secular you know music concert what i would imagine they're doing there it's just they're just there to gratify their lust they're just there amen. To get to you know get a good vibe with a beat amen let me tell you something friend you come to worship god you're in it for him you're not here for what you can get out of it but for what you can give unto him and that's the difference but oh, it's a dangerous hour, friend. Dangerous hour. At any moment, Jesus could split the eastern sky and rapture the church. And, you know, I'm going to stop right there and not go any further. Because after that, it gets controversial. Amen. But that's all you need to know, friend. Right. And then to be ready for that moment when Jesus raptures the church of the living God out of here. Amen. And judges the world. Amen. But he's only coming for those that love his appearing. And those that are looking and preparing for it. But you know, and said, Well, brother, aren't we talking we're to occupy till he comes, amen? That's right. And if you're occupied, amen, with the Father's business, you're gonna be prepared for when he does come. But that's not an excuse, amen, to get your eyes off of the imminent return of the Lord Jesus Christ and to get distracted with the things of this world. And then we're to ever be looking to that day. Come quickly, Lord Jesus, come and get your pie. And you know, when you see the eternal nature of things, natural things and earthly things will lose their charm. And why does the world seem so attractive to you? Because you lost sight of the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. You lost sight of the spiritual realm and the eternal realm. You know, the closer you get to the world, the less attractive Jesus becomes. And the closer you get to Jesus, the less attractive the world becomes. Yes, right. And so you know, and we need to think about these things. We need to think about the eternal. No. You know, we need to to exercise authority over our minds, and we can do that as Christians. If, if you're a, if you're born again here tonight, you can choose to take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. And set your mind on things eternal, instead of just the day-to-day trivial. And we, of course, we have to think about those things. Well, but to, we we're to not allow those things to take the place, to usurp the place of that eternal perspective. You know, we're going to stand before God one day. Every one of us. We preach that all the time, don't we? We all, you know, if I took a poll here tonight, 100%, we'd all agree with that. But Do we really believe that? Do we really live like that on a day-to-day basis? Living in the light, of the judgment seat. You know, when when we finally arrive to heaven or hell, it's not going to be a vacation. It's going to be a permanent, final home. That's it. Seeing that all these things shall be dissolved, all the trucks, all the tractors, my house, your house, all of it, it's going to be dissolved. All the things that we get fired up about, uh, international, dissolve. every bit of it's going to get dissolved. Right. Every bit of it, money, stocks, politics, whatever you name. Whatever is interesting to you, whatever hobby you have, and I'm not, once again, like I said, there's things are not intrinsically sinful. Amen? And we, we can partake of those things under the Lordship of Christ. All that's going to be dissolved. On that. that's right, right. It's not going to matter on the day of judgment. Whether you drove a Dodge, a Ford, or a Shad, none of that's going to matter. All right. What's going to matter is, what did you do on. with what God gave you? Yes, what did you do with the Word of God? What did you do with the life of the Lord Jesus Christ? What did you do with that opportunity? What did you do with that? That's all that's going to right. matter. You ought to think about that. You ought to meditate on the judgment seat of Christ. You know, uh, Brother Britt's been preaching about courtship here recently. You know, he's preaching a series on on courtship, and uh, one of the things he's been preaching against is uh, young people here flirting. During the prayer meeting, I'm terrible. All right. I'm All right? Amen. I hate it. You are oh. God hates it. Amen. God abhors it. Amen. And then if you think that, brother Bruce so, he's just so mean. And amen. Wait till you stand before God. Wait till you answer to God for it when you should have been praying. When you should have been praying. said this before. Amen. I'm trying to encourage you tonight. Hey, don't you feel encouraged? Amen. 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 You have the power, young man, to put a permanent stop to that here. Right now. Right now. Right. That's it. Brother Britt, should, you know, tonight, you can leave here, you can make an altar, you can put it on the altar. And Brother Britt will never have to address it from this pulpit again, right. the fact In fact, you can encourage Brother Britt. Wouldn't that be great? Yeah. Encourage Brother Britt. It can be a blessing. Brother Britt, amen. But it's only going to stop when you choose to refuse to engage in it. That's it. And you can blame them, the, the, the girls if you want to, but it's not their fault for you. Not their fault for you. Amen. God sees it. God's watching you. are going to answer to him. You know, you know, standing before God, you know, I know we're, we're compelled by the love of Christ. We're constrained by love for Christ to live a holy life. Amen, but there is something to the reality that I know one day I'm going to stand before God. You're not getting by with anything. God sees it all. Amen, God sees the motives, the thoughts, the intents of the heart. There's something not right, friend. Amen, you may get by with it for a little while, but one day, friend, be sure your sin will find you out. Amen, it's all going to come to account on the day of judgment when you stand before God. That will motivate you. And when you press in, you will see God, which will give you the strength to overcome in the battle and in the temptations of life. Amen. We must never forget that. Amen. The judgments seat of Christ. But in our text tonight, I want to just make some observations and applications. Amen. So, first of all, what are we not what, what is Jesus not saying here? Amen? Because there's a lot of different interpretations out there. If you just, I'm just going to read this to you real quick here. Matthew 25, and give you a little uh. This is what Jesus was not saying. Praise God. The parable of the ten virgins explains the place of Israel's two true converts in the great tribulation period in relation to the church.
1: Nah, Anyways. not read something. Nope.
0: I didn't read something. They missed it. Totally missed it. Some people say, well, this means, you know, you don't have to be part of the bride of Christ. You can be one of the virgins, you know. He uh, missed it too. you no. are talking about, you know, different uh, typology. He just said, this is life. In the kingdom. Amen. There's going to be a literal marriage supper of the Lamb. Amen. Praise God. So what is he talking about? These ten virgins are representative of two types of very real people that are going to be present when Christ returns. I mean, this wasn't just some clever story Jesus came up with. Just, well, wow, that's pretty cool. Pretty neat little deal there he thought of, you know? There's really going to be two types of people when the Lord returns. Amen. Two groups of people. And the question tonight is where are we in relation to those groups? Are we part of the foolish virgins? Are we in the wise group? Amen. And there's only these two groups of people. You can't say, well, there's another group that's kind of, you know, they're kind of foolish, but they're kind of wise. They kind of have some oil, but they kind of don't, you know. Mm-hmm. You're either wise or foolish. Right. You're either prepared and preparing, or you're unprepared and you're careless. Right. And that's it. You're either hot or cold. You're Luke Jesus said, says, speed you out of his mouth. Right. Right. One or the other. Now, secondly here tonight, these two groups, actually they had much in common. If you think about it, none of them were drug addicts. None of them were prostitutes. They were all virgins. I want you to think about it. Every one of them was virgins. They had been protected from the world. Amen. They had been separated. They had all been raised in Christian homes. Amen. They had all been homeschooled. Every last one of them. None of them were listening to CCM. None of them were dating. None of them were doing the things of the world. They had all been separated from the world. Every one of them. These were clean, seemingly innocent, good natured, honest folks. Every last one of them. In fact, if you saw them, you wouldn't, just at face height, you, you wouldn't really be able to see much of a difference between them. Just at face height, you just saw them on the street. They all had lamps that had been lit. Every one of them had had an experience with God. Every one of them. God had touched them. Amen. At least. You know the typology that we're talking about here. I mean, they could all tell you what the Bible says. They could sing the songs of Zion. They could preach. They could speak in tongues. Every last one of them. Doesn't mean, they're filled with the Holy Ghost. But they could speak in tongues. For the most part, they had all had a point where they had been touched by God and maybe converted. Much like a lot of us. I believe every one of us here. I don't. I don't know the state of everyone here. And I do believe that many of the problems in the church today is because a lot of people have not truly been born again the Spirit of God. And if you haven't truly been born again the Spirit of God, you can, you can change that tonight. You can be converted. And you can have the witness of the Spirit. You can know. You can have that blessed assurance in your heart and know Jesus lives within you. Amen. That's, that's, a, that's a, a, a tremendous, powerful reality that will change your life. Amen. But I believe for the most part here. then we most of us have been born again. And at the very least, if, if even if you haven't truly been born again, God has touched you. mean, God has dealt with you. mean, There's there's been some experience with God. Amen. So and, and thirdly, they all went forth to, to meet the bridegroom. They all have that in common. Every one of them, they, they almost claimed they wanted to see Jesus. And they all expressed interest in the things of God. How about that? I mean, that's surely that counts for something. They all made some effort to meet Jesus. Think about that. Most people, they wouldn't have done what they did. They wouldn't even go on those lengths to meet Jesus. Amen? And friend, tonight I want you to know, you don't have to be a drunkard or a fornicator to miss That's Right. All you have to do is be careless and foolish in your Christian world. That's right. And you know, I, you know, careless indifference. will send you to hell just as much as being a whore right. Amen. You can claim to want Jesus, yet if you refuse his conditions and requirements, his way, his plan, you will find out that your desire for him was not greater than your desire for the broad and the easy way. And it's got to be greater if you're going to make it. Right? Amen. And you can have as much of Jesus as you want. people. Don't, don't think for one minute. Well, I just, uh, I need, you know, good intentions, you know, uh, some desire. No, you can change it tonight.
1: You have Jesus in your life.
0: And just because you've been saved and kept in the world doesn't mean you're where you need to be. There has to be a deeper work done in your life, there has to be a going on into perfection, there has to be a walking on with the Lord Jesus Christ. So, what was the difference here? Okay, I mean if they had all that right, what was the difference? The foolish took their lamps, but not the oil. The wise took their lamps and oil with their lamps, And you know the difference was, one person saw it and one person did. Five of them saw it, five of them didn't. Five of them saw what was ahead. We're going, with the bridegroom's coming. We don't know when he's coming, but he's coming. And we better make sure we have it all for our lanterns, for our lights, for our lamps. That's the difference, amen? And you know, I believe the foolish, they were caught up in the here and the now. I mean, we got our lamps. I mean, we're going out for the project. You know, this is great, man, marriage. Oh, we love weddings. I tell you what, this is so wonderful. You know, I tell you what, you you know, look at this lamp. It's burning, man. Our lamps are burning. And that's a trap. That's the trap. They started out. Their limbs were burning. There was flame. And for many people, that's the trap. They had a fire 10 years ago. But the flame's going out. And there's no oil. Fire, fire, fire. There's no oil. And the fire stop coming. People start out on fire. Something genuine happened to them. No doubt. Amen. But rather than pressing in, they settle down. They're happy that their lamp's burning now, but they fail to see that it's going to go out if it's not maintained and fuel is not added to that fire. It's going to go out. You know, if you fail to pray, then you fail to bring oil with your lamp, You can run the church. You can shout. I, I mean, that's all good stuff. Amen? I'm, I'm all for that. Amen. Nothing wrong with that if you can't cry I don't, I don't care what you, you can run around this church a hundred times and if you're quiet in the meeting, you forget. if you fail to read your Bible and allow God to speak to you through it then you fail to bring oil with your lamp if you refuse to do the will of God and what God is telling you to do right now see a lot of people well I'm, I want to do the will of God then God tells them what the will of God is, and they go, oh, that ain't the will of God. you got to receive it, even if it goes against you. What good is he going to do? It started out good. Paul said he did run well. What about now? What good is he going to do? On the day of judgment. He's going to condemn you even more. On the day of judgment. If you allow the, the, the lamp to go out. Oh, but check my brother, I have a lamp. I mean, come on, you know, that's better than most people. At least I'm not going to heal a place. I mean, at least at least I'm not, you know, going to Stephen Furtick's church in elevation, you know. I'm not involved with all that stuff. I mean, you know, I mean, come on. Surely that counts for something. And you're happy with your lamp. But do you have a fire? I mean, we're gonna talk about that in a minute. You can have a fire too, and you go out. You don't have the oil. But so many people, they're, just, they're happy with the lamp. Waving the lamp around. Amen. I'm glad you've been born again. But you might have to go further. That's just the beginning. That's just the beginning. Amen. All of it is essential. And I don't want to, you know, of course, I'm not minimizing any of it. We need the lamp. Amen. But what good is a lamp without the fire? And what good is a fire without oil to keep it going? Amen. Why do people neglect the Lord? Because it's an extra burden they're gonna have to carry. And many people don't want to carry that extra burden. The burden of the Lord. It's gonna cost you something. It'll cost you everything. Time. I don't have any time to pray. you got time to watch stupid stuff on YouTube, and you got time to play basketball, and racquetball, and pong and, and you know, amen, work on trucks, and XYZ, you name it, shoot, fit wear it. Brother, I just don't have, you know, the energy. That's not an excuse. Go with a lot of devotion. See, you're gonna to give to what you love just that's that simple. You love something, you're going to give time to it. You're going to give energy to it. You're going to sacrifice for it. You're going to be committed to it. You're going to esteem it. Amen?
1: But if you love Jesus, that's right. Jesus.
0: So next, it says they all slumbered and slept. Amen? So, it just seems, I mean, how in the world? You read that and you're like, how oh, as a preacher am I going to preach this? Every one of them, the wise and the foolish, are sleeping. That just doesn't seem right. But, you know, Brother Britt just preached the whole message about how we're supposed oh, yes. to be asleep. So, Amen. The wise were sleeping like Adam. They were practicing courtship. Amen. But the foolish, they were like Samson and Delilah. They were dating. Amen. I'm just kidding. That's that's a whole other message. Amen. But that does prove that there is something, you know, you can sleep and it'd be good. Amen. In fact, there's nothing intrinsically evil about sleep. God gave us sleep to rest our natural bodies. And I'm, I'm thankful for that. Amen. You know in the spirit if we are where god has called us to be and we're doing what he's called us to do then we can rest in that place of security right. in god that's not passivity I mean, because we're doing everything god's called us to do we're prepared for the bridegroom coming we're prepared for the soon return of christ but if we're not prepared and we've not breakthrough, and we're not doing everything god has told us to do then the contentment that proves to be a blessing for others will be the undoing of ourselves. Because we're sleeping when we we have unfinished business with God. That's right. And if you're content with Jesus, you're not going to be satisfied with anything less than him. There'll be a holy discontent with everything less. But if you're um, content and less than Jesus, if your contentment is based in something other than Jesus, it's going to prove to be undoing. Next tonight, at the midnight, at midnight, the cry arose. The bridegroom comes. That seems like a, just a crazy hour for a wedding, doesn't it? I mean, if Michael would have told us, you know, when he, when he got married years ago. Well, here's the, here's the order of the man. At midnight, we're going to say our vows. and we want everybody to be present. I'd be like, what in the world is wrong with that guy? You know, I I knew he was crazy, but you know. But you know, Jesus, he hasn't told us when the wedding's going to be. He just said, be ready. Be ready. such an hour as you think not, he's coming. And perhaps those foolish virgins thought to themselves, you know, well, I mean, you know, Jesus is sensible. He's not going to come back at midnight. I mean, that just doesn't even make sense. We got time. We can sleep. We got plenty of time. I mean, sure. We, we, you know, it'll probably be at 11 tomorrow morning. We can sleep tonight. We can go buy some oil in the morning, get our breakfast, and it'll just be a great wedding day tomorrow. That's what we thought. They were They found they had no time. Because you know what? Jesus isn't coming back on your schedule. He's not coming back on your clock. He's like, well, Lord, you know, i tell you what. I want to, let's see, I want to get married. This, you know, points 30, you know, whatever, you know. But I'm, I'm just kidding. But, you know, I, I have this schedule lined up. You know, at this point, I want to be, have, have you know, reach this threshold. I want to be in this house. And I want this done. And I, You know, hopefully this debt will be paid off. And, and Lord, finally, at 2050, if you want to come back, Lord, I'll be so happy for you to come back. First of all, if you think like that, you're not going to be ready for him to come back. You're going to be judged and put into hell. Because that's not the spirit of a Christian. Amen. We're going to always be ready for the coming of the, of the Son of Man. Amen. He can. It's his schedule. I'm on his schedule. You know? he, I'm to be about my father's business. That means he is in charge of the schedule. Right? Amen. You know, when Lysa works for Jordan, Lysa doesn't tell Jordan how the, how the schedule's going on. Jordan doesn't go, hey, I tell you what. Today, Jordan, I don't want to get off at 12 o'clock. Lord said, You're an idiot. You're not getting off at 12 o'clock. We're working until 12 midnight. Amen. Amen. I'm working for Jesus. Amen. I'm happy to work till he comes. Amen. You know, all the virgins arose at that point and trimmed their lamps. All of a sudden, those foolish virgins thought, You know what? We made a mistake! a mistake. We made a terrible mistake. Our lamps are here, but the fire is going out, and we don't have any oil to light them with. We made a terrible mistake here. People, like I said, they, well, I, you know, we did have a flame, but it's gone. I've heard that. I've seen, I've, I've seen that. I don't want to become that. Living in the smoke of yesterday's fire. But, you know, Made a mistake, but you know what? Brother Michael's got some oil. Hey, brother, can you give me some of your oil? But I need some oil for my lamp. I need all oil. He I can just get some of his oil and ride in on his coattails. Just, you know, you can ride coattails in politics, but you can't ride coattails in the kingdom of God, friend. You're going to have to get it for yourself. And you know, the irony was this. They had their own lamps, and they had had their own fire, but now they wanted to rely upon all of others. It doesn't work like that. And those other virgins, they said, no. It's like Brother Micah just said, no. Too late. You can't rely upon our faith to get you to that wedding. You think, well, how do mean-spirited, dirty, you know, unloving rascals? I tell you what, surely they would have, you know, should have gave them someone else. Because, you know, in reality, it's impossible for those we know to do what we can only do. It's impossible. I can't seek God for Lisha. I can't seek God for uh, Jordan, Samuel. I can't do that. I can only seek God for me. I can pray for them. I can encourage them. I can I can be a blessing to them. But I can't seek God from them. I can't do it. Just because your parents have the oil doesn't mean you have it. Just because your sibling has got a hold of God doesn't mean you do. And just being around them doesn't mean you're going to get it. It doesn't mean you're going to get it. It's a personal possession. And you know, just for illustration tonight, you know, Elijah told me, I have a Ford truck. Which is kind of weird because I've never seen him have a Ford truck. I know Joshua's got a Ford truck, but I've never seen Lice in a Ford truck. And I said, well Lyce, where's your Ford truck at? And he said, well, you see that white truck sitting out there? That's my truck. I said, what are you talking about, Lyce? You, you, you bought it from Joshua? Nope, but it's my truck. Okay, I don't understand this here. What's going on here? Last time I checked, it was Joshua's truck. Dawson drove up in it. Dawson uses it every day. Oh, he said, oh, well, that's true, of course. Oh, yeah, it's Dawson's truck, too, but it's mine, too. I can ride it anytime I want. So it's my truck. Well, maybe you can ride it anytime you want right now, but it's still not your truck. It's still Dawson's truck. And if Dawson gets married and leaves his parents, that truck's not going to get you down the road. But I want you to know something here tonight. Amen. And I know this kind of a funny illustration. Amen. But the point here is very serious. That's right. Amen. You might ride in your day's spiritual truck right now. Amen. I can ride, maybe I can ride Brother Britt's spiritual truck right now. What happens? Amen? Brother Britt ain't here. Amen. I better have a long truck. Please. Right. Amen. Otherwise, I'm stranded. I ain't going nowhere. Amen. And I'm not saying, amen, this is not, you know, you always want to qualify this, because I'm not saying, amen, we need to just, just the brother, Brent, brother Charlie, and just do things on all, that's not what I'm saying, amen. Amen. but your friend, you're going to have to have the same landmark spiritual experiences in your life, and you're going to go on with God like they have, amen, I'm not elevating them, anything of them is the grace of God, and then it has nothing to do with them intrinsically, and it's you know. And if we go on with God, it has nothing to do with us intrinsically. All it is is us submitting our will to the grace and the will of God, and God doing a work in us. But that has to be something that we choose to do for ourselves. Right. No one can choose it for you. Amen. I'm glad. You dad is you. I'm glad, amen, Brother Charlie is, you know, a great preacher. But I wonder sometimes, and I, I, I expressed this in our little text message. I really wonder sometimes what would happen here if you removed Brother Charlie. I wonder what would happen. Amen. I believe some of us, at least, would go on with God. But would we? Oh, I think about we want to make that a matter of prayer. God would help us. God would do something in us, He's done it them. You have to know Jesus—the only way. You don't know Him, it's not going to work. You're going to have to purpose to do that. You're going to, it's going to have to be something that's done deliberately. You're not just going to just you know on I only just know Jesus somehow. I don't know how it happened. I just know him. Woke up today and just, I feel like I know him. It's not a feeling. It's it's something that you, it is something you experience, amen, but it is a reality. When you meet God and you know him and you commune with him, I mean, it's a greater reality than any reality you know here on this earth, amen. The only right you have to Jesus is through the blood of the Lamb. You're not gonna get that on the grounds of someone else is cleansing. and someone else is assuring. So you're you're gonna to have to take responsibility for it. They too late went to buy some oil, but while they were out, the bridegroom came and the door was shut. in. Amen, when the trumpet sounded, it's gonna be over. It's over. Amen, we might not leave this place here tonight, trumpet sound, it'd be over. No right. more early morning prayer meetings, No more young men's meetings, No more prayer meetings on Thursday night, no more preaching from this point. No more feeding by the Holy Ghost for you to break It's going to be too late. For those of you who have good intentions, but never actually get around to doing what God told you to do, what you know God's told you to do, it's going to be too late for you to pray about that. Too late. Only those that were ready you went know, into that marriage. Too late to prepare once Jesus comes back. Be you know your faith will be fixed and sealed for all of eternity. Yep. In closing here tonight, the Bible says the door was shut. Afterward came also the other virgin, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. You? you know the door's open tonight. Doors open tonight. Someday it's going to be shut. You know, when Jesus came, I mentioned this the other night, when Jesus came the first time, very few people recognized him for who he was. Very few people were were ready, watching, prepared at heart. There was Simeon, there was uh, the the, the prophetess, you know, the temple. They were ready. They saw him. They recognized him right when he came in. All those people around him, none of them recognized him. I mean, they weren't prepared at heart. I mean, the second time he comes, you're going to recognize him. Now, it's going to be a terrible thing though, if you haven't prepared your heart you haven't done what God's told you to do. all the excuses all of the lack of seriousness about actually seeking God, the elevation of triviality over spirituality the esteeming of the natural over the heavenly it's all going to come to an end every bit of it all of it and for many people only then will they see they were trusting in an empty land down, a long time ago. That's right. So I ask you here tonight: is your lamp burning? And do you have the grace of Do you have the oil, the anointing of the Holy Ghost that'll keep you until the Son of Man comes? Do you have it tonight? And if you have it, you know it. You can know it here tonight. And if not, you better get it right tonight. There's sin in your life here tonight, you better get it right. You sin against somebody here; you better repent to them. You sin against your parents; you better repent to your parents. You better make you better do business with God while there's still time. You better make a solemn commitment, not an emotional, just you know, caught up in the emotions of you know of the day, but make a, an intellectual commitment, make an intellectual choice. A heart choice, something from deep within. Amen. Your whole being. So you're going to choose to spend time with Jesus. And you're going to allow Him to expose you and reveal to you what you really are. See, a lot of people, that's, that's the reason why a lot of people, they don't have depression, Because they really know deep down. God began to really dig. He's going to pull up some terrible, awful, awful stuff about me. And so instead of allowing God, deal with them, and they confront that issue in their hearts. They just shy away from it. Sweep it under the rug. Just, I'll deal with that another day. For one day, it's going to be too late. It's going to be too late to deal with that. And you'll wish you had done it long ago. It'll get you late. You know, if you don't let God prepare us to go to heaven, we're not going to go to heaven. I'm going to that's simple. That's just the truth. And if we don't take the time and the effort to let God prepare us, we're not going to be prepared. Yeah. You know, the stakes couldn't be higher these, tonight. These, these temptations you fight on the surface, you know, you might think, well, it's just it's, a, it's I'm, I just want a lesser conviction. It's not really a I'm here to tell you, the devil is out of your soul. The devil doesn't care about that, you know, whatever that little little issue is. I know it's a big issue in the ultimate sense. But Whatever that little hang-up you have in your heart, the reason why you feel like you won't give your all to God, the devil's not concerned. He's concerned about dragging your soul to hell. That's what he's concerned about. So, um, some people are too blind to see that. All they see is the little trivial thing. Why can't I do this? Why can't I do that? Why would you want to do that? Because if you love Jesus, you're going to want to do what he wants you to do. And you're going to be willing to throw all that in the trash and let him be Lord. No, right. And God's going to warn you. Even if you're, even if you're blind to it, God's warning you. And this message tonight, it's a warning. It's a warning to you. And you better take heed. the door's open tonight. It could close tonight. It might be over tonight. God's warning you. you better you better press. Him. You better Amen. get some oil for yourself. And the countdown to eternity is going down. And it's not going to be much more. Amen. Prepare to be that God.
1: Amen. I want oil in my vessel. Amen. So certainly don't want to be found lacking. You know, the Bible says in Second uh, Timothy chapter 4, verse 8, henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. And, you know, you may ask the question, well, how do I know if my oil is low? How do, how do I know if I'm in as far as, you know, and if you're asking that question, you, you're probably not in a good place. But... Um, you know, if you, if, if, if I could ask you about whatever you love, whatever hobby, whatever it may be, whatever whatever the devil talks to you about that is something you long for and desire for or or tries to use you to entice you outside of Jesus, I should say, because it's not initially unlawful. If it's marriage, if you would rather get, if you get more excited, you know, see, I could go to any young man in this house uh, or really any person in our church, and I could ask him, well, if I told you tomorrow, If I went to Daniel Kennedy and said, Brother, tomorrow I'm going to give you a brand new 12 outcomings. with, I mean, it's been redone from top to bottom. And if he gets more excited deep down in his heart about that And if I went, Brother Daniel, can you imagine what day Jesus is coming back for me and you? You see, if I asked him, What would you rather, Daniel? Of course, Daniel, and any one of us. This is all of us. Amen. I'm not just picking on Daniel. We'd all go, well, gee, i want Jesus to come back. But so we know that's the right answer. But that's how you test your heart. That's how you know whether or not you're really right with God, whether you're in the right place. Well, Is you ask yourself that kind of question, and if you're like, I, you know, I'm actually more excited, I think, inwardly about some of these things I love than I am about Jesus coming back. You know, I've heard it, some people say, and it's shameful that, you know, well, I kind of hope Jesus waits till I get married for you. That's it. That's disgusting. You don't love Jesus. You're an idolater. You love marriage than Jesus. Amen? And God's for you to get married, but he ain't for you to. You see, people are more uh, occupied until he comes. You know why they quote that? Because they're more interested in occupying than Jesus. They're not interested in him. They're interested in occupying. They're interested in things of this world. And that, we need to test our hearts. Amen? You know, I hear a message like that. Hey, I've heard this probably a thousand times. But I'm sitting right there in the front row going, am I pricked by this? Is this convicting me? Where in my life have I possibly let down my guard? Let down my, uh, you know, let, let, let gotten into some slack in my area, my spiritual life. Where is it, God? What are you trying to say to me? If you're not doing that, then you're not really being spiritual. And that's what being spiritual is. It's wanting to know Jesus. I love his appearing. Amen. By the grace of God, I love His appearing. I want to love Him more. I long for the Lord Jesus' return. I'm looking. There's days where we are. We're on that Rubicon building, and we're way up in the sky. And I can tell you, by the grace of God, I'm thankful that there's been times since we started working there. Many, several times where I've looked out across that eastern sky and thought, man, one day, Jesus is going to split the eastern sky. And all the plants and all the smoke and all the gas prices and everything, it's all going to be over. And we're going to be in the odd Amen, Praise God! I love His appearing. man. We all all love His appearing. Praise Him! Let's stand here tonight.